Welcome to the Rural Church and State Podcast. My name is Dan Stewart, and I'm a rural pastor. My name is James Decker, and I am a rural town mayor. We both live and work in Stamford, Texas. I grew up here. I did not grow up in Stamford or in rural America at all. I can't even say rural, but together we value the importance of community. We think it is vital that leaders of all stripes take an interest in improving their community. This is not a podcast about politics or theology. This is a podcast about community, living in it, and making it better. This is the Rural Church and State Podcast. All right, welcome to the Rural Church and State Podcast. James, this is our first time doing this. How you feeling? I'm excited. Can't wait to see where it goes from here. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. We have no idea. We have no expectations, but we are excited uh, for this project, and we're excited to learn how we can love our community even better. Uh, So, James, why don't you give us a little background information on who you are and why you're doing this podcast? All right. Well, I am a native of Stanford, Texas. My family moved here in 1986 when I was two years old. So all of my memories of of life from the beginning memory to to now are as a resident of Stanford, Texas. And I I was blessed with many opportunities here in Stanford. And after college, um, so I went went to college, went to law school, and then moved back to Stanford. And People think I'm joking when I say this sometimes, but it was always my goal to come back to Stanford and have a business of some sort. I didn't know what I wanted to do in particular, but I knew I wanted to do it in Stanford and be involved in the community. So law school was a path that I chose, and I moved back home in 2009 to open up a law practice, and 14 years later, here we are. Okay, well, I am pretty much the complete opposite of that. I did not grow up in Stanford, Texas. I did not grow up in a small town. I grew up in Louisiana in a pretty big town. And to be honest, I had never heard of Stanford until about three months before I moved here. Um, But even though me and James are very different, we grew up in completely different circumstances. We're from completely different areas. Now that we both are in Stanford, Texas, we know it's our job to love our community and to love our town well. And we do this in different ways. I am a pastor. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church here in Stanford. And James is the mayor of the town and also a lawyer. And even though we come from different places, we love this town, we love this community, and we're friends. So this is something that we talk about normally as friends, and we just decided to bring you along the way. So James, why does this matter? Why does being involved in the community matter to you? You know, growing up, I always I saw the leaders of the community, folks who were successful in business, in uh, public service, and elsewhere. They were they were involved. They volunteered. They, uh, you know, were philanthropists. They they did things to make the town better. And as a per, as a child, I benefited from that. I benefited from the the cultural institutions that they built. The you know the parks. The uh, little league, all of the all of the quality of life aspects, and so it was instilled in me. It was just naturally, it was, it was kind of naturally assumed by me that if you were in a community, you should be involved in making that community better. Hmm. And as I went through college and uh, started to think about where my life was going to go after college, I just had this uh, almost a call. I hate to say calling. You may want to edit this out, but um, I just had this feeling that I needed to. Uh, it was important to go back to Stanford like I had hoped I could, 
but be involved in a way to ensure that the coming generations at the time and on into the on into the future would have the same sort of impactful experiences that I had growing up here and, and make it even better. You know, we've seen a lot of, uh, over the past 75 years, we've seen a lot of population empty out of rural America. And there are a lot of reasons for that. We can get into some of those reasons in the future episodes of this podcast. But I knew that if folks like myself did not take a stand and move back, even if it was somewhat, um, you know, didn't make sense to my friends in law school or in college. Uh, and I remember people in law school telling me, you know, you're going to do what? Are you crazy? Are you sure? And, and that some, somewhat steeled my resolve. Maybe it's the genetics of my family or somewhat hard-headed. Someone tells you sure. don't do something that says do it. I just felt like people like me needed to move back to Stanford and places like it all across America. So whenever we say rural, what exactly does that mean? Because I know rural for different people can mean different things. Some people from a really, really large city may think rural is under 100,000 people. Uh, but that's not really what we're talking about. What do you mean by rural America? You know, that's a that's a great topic. And, and just to put a point on those um on those definitions of rural. I had a friend of mine in law school who believed that if you live more than 45 minutes from a Whole Foods, you were rural. Okay. On the other hand, I had a, I had a friend from in college who grew up in a town much smaller than Stanford with a six-man football team, and he jokingly said that if you played 11-man football and had a Walmart, you were from the big city, not from rural America. So by his definition, Stanford is, is very metropolitan because we have we a Walmart. Exactly right. We made it. So generally speaking, you know, that is a topic, you know, in census data and demographics, it's actually a somewhat contentious thing what constitutes rural because of the sprawl of the metro areas. Generally, I would say if you're in a county, you know, let me think about this a little bit because I don't know that I have a really good, uh, I would say, a definition. Um, I would say that rural is defined as any place in which you are not connected to the nearest town. You know, okay. you go to a larger city, the suburbs kind of go from one to the next and there's a major metro area. That's a pretty good indicate indicator if if there is some if there are fields of uh, of some distance between you and the next town, you're probably probably rural. So your typical small towns, uh, but also that are not connected with a major metropolitan area, you know, as the government defines those. Sure. So as we're making this podcast, just know that the audience for our podcast is Stanford, Texas. Uh, the audience is our hometown, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily have to be. If you're listening to this uh, uh, from somewhere else, that is okay. We are glad that you are here. Um, but since our audience is Stanford, I've only been here for two years now. Uh, James, can you tell us a little bit about Stanford, about the community, about the size of the community, um, and just what you know about Stanford? So Stanford is, um, you know, in many ways, a quintessential rural Texas town. And I say in both uh, both the good and the bad, you know, it was, it was settled uh, right around 1900 after the after the plains were were made, you know, safe for for settlement. The farmers and the ranchers came in. Uh, it's a it's a community based primarily on agriculture as an economy and also regional trade. It was it was developed as a hub of, of sorts for uh, the counties and the communities um, 
all around. So Stanford's community, you know, that has changed over the years, but that's still the basis of the economy. Still a lot of cotton farming, a lot of wheat farming, a lot of uh, cattle ranching. And then the regional trade in the old days, it was the railroad was bringing in supplies to send out to the ranches. Today, regional trade looks like it being the location of the Walmart and the tractor supply that people come to shop. But very much it keeps that that character of a of a small town with with those with those sort of characteristics you know it is a place we'll talk about where you know when you know a lot of people i, I graduated 55 in my high school class uh, it was one of the bigger classes of the recent recent years uh in 2002 uh, it's a community that you know we have a we have a squ- downtown square with a one-way one-way traffic all the way around it you know I, i've had people from other towns comment on how unique that is because we don't have a lot of there's not a lot of one-way squares in in america for for sure um so you know stanford i'm still you know, trying you, to get over the fact that you said that 2002 was a somewhat recent year yeah well the last 25 it was this century sir Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I was nine at the turn of this century. Wow. So. So, so I'm too old to be doing this podcast with you. So uh, Stanford is a quintessential small town in many ways. And, and that's why I think, you know, you, gave, you said something great about how the audience was directed at Stanford, but it's applicable to all other towns. You know, yeah. as we'll get into, I write a weekly newsletter. I do a lot of work thinking and writing and I guess publicly opining and uh, providing a stream of consciousness on rural issues and how to improve our rural communities. And what I have seen in all that, because all of my work is directed towards Stanford as the mayor of Stanford, but the same issues, the same struggles, providing good jobs, uh, trying to improve quality of life, declining infrastructure, less support from state and federal capitals, those same issues that Stanford deals with are dealt with by hundreds maybe thousands of communities all across America. Some of the particulars change, but the general broad strokes apply. So that's one thing that excites me about our podcast is we're going to talk about Stanford because the two of us are passionate about making Stanford better for all the folks that live in it. But folks, whether you've ever been to Stanford or not, you can listen to this podcast and glean some ideas for your own community. Yeah, because I think that's what's really important is who is our target audience here? Um, I'm a person of faith. James is a person of politics. That's his field. That's my field. But you don't have to be a person of faith or a person in politics to really uh, get a lot out of this podcast. This podcast is meant for people who care about their community. And my challenge for you is wherever you live to care about your community. You have been placed there for a reason. Um and so that is why we think that this is important. Uh, this is the per- from the perspective of two rural people of the Christian faith, but we believe that our D- ideas will be helpful to anyone who cares about a place of any size, no matter their faith background. So I hope that you will join us along the way. I hope that you're excited about this podcast. We know that we are, and uh, we're going to be trying to uh, put up an episode about once a month to start with. Is that what you said, James? I think that's the goal. Once a month, we'll have a conversation with ourselves and uh, about something that's important or a topic we want to cover, and then hopefully do some interviews as well. Maybe some some local folks, maybe some folks from around the country and the world that inspire us and inspire this topic. Yeah, that sounds great. So this is technically not our first episode. This is called The Trailer. And so this is just introducing you to us. But we also wanted to give you uh, five ways that you can support your community this week. This is five ways, just things to get you thinking, uh, ways to get you uh, loving your neighbor, um, and just ways to get yourself in the community. So James, what is one of five ways that we can support our community this week? 
So the first way we can support our community is by picking up one piece of trash every day. It can be in front of your house. It can be in front of the store. It can be on the downtown square if you live in a place like Stanford. Just one piece of trash every day helps. Okay. Why, why should we pick up trash? Well, number one, it's the right thing to do. You know, we all, we all create trash. We all litter, whether intentionally or not. So bringing a little bit of that trash back um, off of the street is, is good for the community. It benefits you. It benefits your neighbor. And maybe somebody else sees you picking up that trash and thinks, well, he didn't have to do that. He didn't make that trash. And it inspires them to pick up some trash and get involved in improving their community as well. Okay, good deal. That's number one. Uh, number two would be this. Smile and wave at someone you don't know. Um, I th- one thing I think is incredibly important in small towns and in community is just niceness. Be nice. Be polite. Wave at somebody. I know that was kind of new to me moving to a small town where people would wave at me that I didn't know. Being from a larger town, that was kind of shocking to me. But now that I've been here two years, I love it. I love waving at people I don't know. I love smiling at someone in Walmart who I don't know. Um, I think kindness and niceness uh, goes a long way. So smile and wave at someone you don't know. You're right. It does go a long way because how many times have you walked by someone scowling or someone just acting like a jerk in a store or somewhere, and that just kind of sours you, and you think, man, what's wrong with that person? Think about the inverse of that. If you walk by somebody that's smiling, somebody that says hello, never met you, but they say, how are you doing? That spreads as well and, and will improve the folks, uh, folks that you encounter. So number three, this is, this is my selection here, is read something that interests you. I'm not telling you to read a 500-page book this week. I'm not telling you that it has to be anything you know, super strenuous even, but just a little bit of mental stimulation about something you enjoy reading can energize you in a big way. And even if it's an audiobook, I mean, even if you don't, while you're driving to work, if you don't have time to sit and, and read a book for an hour in the morning because the kids don't cooperate or schedule's busy, that's fine. Even an audiobook still counts. Just take in, take in some topics that interest you. So, James, how can that help the community? How is reading something for yourself beneficial to the community? And follow up with that, what is something that you are reading right now? Well, if you're like me, you, you read a lot of things that help influence your mind about the topics of improving a community. Uh, but even if it's something that's, you know, some lighthearted fiction or, or just something that'll put you in a good mood, just like we talked about, you being in a better frame of mind, mentally energized and recharged um, in life will make you a better member of your community. Right now, I am reading two books in particular. One is called The Citizenship Papers. It's a collection of essays by Wendell Berry. And folks, don't worry, he will come up many, many times in the podcast episodes to come. Uh, It's a collection of essays, some of which I've read previously, some have not, just about the ideas of being a good citizen in the community, uh, in, in in, in the country at large, and in the world. The other book I'm reading is called Breeding Sweetgrass. It's written by a professor of botany named Robin Wall Kimmerer, who is um, who's from an indigenous tribe. And the book is called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. So it's, it's a fascinating book about our relationships to the land and the world around us and, and how, her, uh, uh, how her path has gone towards working within science, but also reclaiming her uh, heritage with the land. 
People, if you had no doubt that James was a nerd, that is your sign right there, the things that he's reading. Speaking of nerds, what are you reading, Dan? Well, I am currently reading space science fiction right now. I'm reading The Dark Forest, uh, which is the second book of The Three-Body Problem, which is about aliens coming to Earth. So don't worry. We are a podcast of nothing but nerds. So, and we are um, proud of it. And we are proud of it. It's gotten us this far. That's exactly right. So the next thing that we're doing um, is I would say I'm going to take this one because, Dan, I want you to talk about the last one. The next thing is just one night a week, don't look at the news. Mm. There's a lot going on, whether you turn on the television, whether you doom scroll on Twitter and Facebook or you log on to a website. Our brains are not wired to handle this deluge of information every single day. And when you turn that deluge, when you turn that fire hose right into your face, it's not good for you. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good for your physical health. It's not good for your attitude. Just take a night off of it. It'll make you feel better. Trust me. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. That's number four. And number five, the last way that you can support your community this week is this, to spend five minutes inside someone else's home. Just five minutes. It could be your neighbor, could be your friend, someone that lives in the community. Go over, knock on the door, say hello, go inside, uh, if they invite you in, and just have a good time. Uh, there's nothing, nothing more important than being neighborly in a small town. Go over, be nice, say hello. Uh, one thing that I think is great is that one of my friends in town, he leaves his front door open and he just has his uh, sliding door uh, on there that you could see right inside. And I think that was one of the coolest ways for me uh, as someone new to the community to get used to the town and realize that, hey, my door is literally open for somebody. Um, and I just thought that was super cool. So go spend five minutes inside someone else's home, whether it's your next door neighbor or, or someone else. I think that is a great first step uh, to supporting your community this week. You know, Dan, I think that's very important. And we will talk about this in the future. But being neighborly, being a good neighbor and knowing your neighbors is something that requires intentionality. You don't just become a neighbor by virtue of living in a small town in close proximity with people. Something I've learned over the years, there are people who live in small towns that don't know their neighbors, either by choice or or otherwise. And there are people in large cities in which their neighborhood is culturally a lot like a small town within the confines of a much larger city. Sure. And And those things work like that because of intentionality. Well, that's great. Well, James, this was a good trailer. Um, That was five ways that you can support your community this week. I hope that you are excited about this podcast. I hope you're excited about this community that we are trying to to form. And I hope that wherever you are, especially if you live in Stanford, Texas, I hope that you will love your community this week, that you will take steps forward as neighbors, that you'll take a step forward in faith, and that you will truly uh, love the people around you. So, Dan, if somebody wanted to reach the Rural Church and State podcast, if they listen to a few episodes and they get excited and want to contact us, how can they do that? That is great. We have an email address that is set up, and it's the Rural Church and State Podcast at gmail.com. 
I right. believe that's correct. So you can reach us on there. We're going to say that every single episode. You can find us on there. We also have a Facebook page that we are going to be uh, putting the videos up of these podcasts. And we're also going to post other things. If we write articles or anything like that, uh, we're going to post that on that Facebook page as well. That Facebook page is just the Rural Church and State Podcast. Uh, so you'll find us on there. Uh, go to my Facebook page or James's. You'll be able to find it from there. Um, and yeah, we would love to connect. We would love for you to connect with us, and we'd love to make this a uh, not just a two-man effort, but a community effort. So come join our community and be a part of us. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to the podcasts to come, Dan. Me as well. And that is the trailer for the Rural Church and State. Bye, everybody. Bye.